Good evening, ghouls and fiends. Uh, hey to Head of Steel and Fran the Cannon in the chat. Um, huh, we're going to start off with uh, just a little, a little chat. Um, now, obviously, the MOH, Ministry of Horror, as uh, part of the MOS network, um, along with uh, sister show Retro Chat with Andy, and obviously the main show, Ministry of Slam. And uh, it's not horror-related, but this is, you know, kind of wrestling-related as part of our sort of parent parent company. Um, yeah, the wrestling world lost Scott Hall. And, oh, man, that's... Oh, that just sucks. That just sucks. Um, I won't kind of talk about it too much now because I know that the other shows are going to kind of go into... Uh, uh, into his career and discuss uh, discuss it in more detail than I ever could. Um, just to kind of go quickly on my memories, really, of Scott Hall. So, <clears throat> obviously, I came into the whole Ministry of Slam being a wrestling fan, being friends with uh, with uh, with Lawrence through Voodoo Vegas and Lee through through work at that time. Um, and for me, my wrestling fandom started 99 2000 <clears throat> when my family got sky for the first time i was never a wcw kid it wasn't really readily available that i could see you know we could get uh wcw on channel five at one point and it was like six months it, maybe not six months but it was very much behind what was currently going on um so i never grew up with razor ramon i didn't really I knew of the NWO, but I never really saw it because I started watching, you know, when uh, when I think maybe the first episode might have been the test wedding to Stephanie McMahon, which, you know, also the Triple H stuff happened. So I didn't grow up, you know, watching uh, Scott Hall matches. And to be honest, I probably have only seen a handful of Scott Hall matches to this day because I don't really often watch past wrestling. Um, but even then, I knew of Scott Hall, and the first thing that always came to my mind with Scott Hall and his persona and his presentation was just cool. He just came across as effortlessly cool. And I've seen the, you know, his, his debut on Nitro, and I've, yeah, I've seen stuff of Scott Hall since, um, you know, like the WrestleMania match with, uh, with, um, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, but yeah, it's just so sad. Really, isn't it? I mean, the guy, the guy went through some stuff, you know, in his in his younger years, and he had his demons, but he overcame those demons. He was like a real kind of success story of you can, you can hit the lowest lows and come back from them. And for what happened, how how it's ended, just so sad, just so sad. So um. I was going to have a beer here, even though I don't drink on uh, on Ministry of Horror shows. I mean, anyone who watches the Atezia stream, which I haven't done for a couple of weeks, um, I normally am drinking and vaping throughout, but I've got a glass of water here, so I'm just going to raise a drink um, of, you know, of water in memory of uh, Scott Hall. I mean, just, yeah, sad. Very sad news. Okay. We're going to start the news with some more sad news. Oh, man. Um, this is, it's kind of, it's kind of horror adjacent, I'd say. I mean, I'm very much not a gatekeeper when it comes to horror stuff. I think if you can find horror in anything, it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be, the films don't need to be stuck in certain genres. 
But um, William Hurt passed away at the age of 71. I don't, uh, don't quote me on this because I don't have the... Oh, actually, I have got the Wikipedia open. Um, yeah, it was uh, terminal prostate cancer that had uh, metastasized to the bones. And he died from complications in his home in Oregon, March 13th, 2022, on his 72nd birthday. Um, I mean, when I think William Hurt, I think Altered States. That's a weird film. Um, it's a good film, but it is very weird. Um, and the other one, kind of, I suppose, horror adjacent, uh, is Dark City. You know, that was a really quite an underrated film, quite dark. Very creepy. Uh, very creepy film. So, yeah, another bit of sad news. Um, now, as you may see from the title, firstly, <laughs> I scheduled the show, and I'm certain that I scheduled it for uh, 8 p.m. today. But as I was driving to work, I started getting notifications saying, oh, your show starts in five minutes. And I'm like, hmm, it's five to eight. Crap, I've probably set 8 a.m. So um, in the event anyone got notifications uh, thinking the Ministry of Horror has suddenly become a breakfast show, no, that that was my bad. Apologies. Apologies out the gate. So going into some news. Actually, just before I get into the rest of this news, I will... Uh, I, I will address what we're going to be doing on the show as the main portion. So it had been uh, suggested a few weeks back, quite early in the... Um, in the uh oh yes fran account he was great in an episode of nightmares and dreamscapes tv show tv show based on the short stories from that collection uh by stephen king uh, and that was brilliant that episode i do have was it battlegrounds i think it was battlegrounds uh battleground yeah he was in that excellent excellent stuff um and it had a still altered states so i remember trying to watch that on hbo as a small lad was quite confused I don't necessarily fully understand <laughs> what actually happened in that film. It was very trippy. And to be honest, my first kind of introduction into it, and the reason I sought it out, was South Park. There's, there's a bit when uh, when uh, Cartman... can't remember exactly what's happening to him. I think it's because he's being nice. Um, and he starts then going through a bit of a transformation, having all these weird flashes of like distortion on, on his body. And yeah, that was kind of a kind of parody of Altered State, which... Uh, yeah, I, I won't even try to describe the film. It's it's really good. It's very strange, though. Um, yeah, so the main thing we're going to be doing on the show a bit later on, and I would say, and I'll, I'll put a reminder out a bit later on, uh, boot it up now, just to avoid any potentials for uh, for buffering. We're going to be watching Escape the Undertaker, or the, the New Day Escape the Undertaker. Uh, it's something that I think Lawrence suggested early on in the Ministry of Horror. as kind of a cool idea to do. I have seen it once when it first came out, and we followed the Big E. I've followed the kind of the Big E route. Um, we're going to follow it either either Xavier or Kofi, but we'll go through the episode and go through the suggestions as we get there. Um, and I had a few sort of change arounds with some shows, and I thought, you know what? In kind of solidarity for Big E, because obviously he's had uh, quite a nasty injury on SmackDown on Friday. We'll do the uh, the Escape the Undertaker watch along this week. Um, so that's going to be pretty fun. But going into horror news for the week, um, and I will uh, drop the link in the chat, Sam Raimi still wants to make a Batman film. I didn't even know he wanted to make a Batman film, but it makes sense. Uh, he's a really cool director. Sam Raimi, obviously notable for the uh, the Evil Dead franchise, just excellent stuff, and spider-man the you know the original trilogy and more recently coming up the uh 
Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange. Um, so I'll just pop that from Bloody Disgusting. Yeah, kind of a real go-to uh, for latest horror news. But um, yeah, just to talk through it briefly. The director of the original Spider-Man trilogy, Sam Raimi, returns to the world of Marvel with the upcoming superhero horror movie, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But Raimi's own personal superhero interests extend beyond the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, in a chat with Empire Online, he gently expressed his interest in making a Batman movie, a property that's currently in the hands of the Batman director, Matt Reeves. Um, Raimi tells the site, I've always loved Batman. If I ever saw the bat signal up in the air, I'd come running. So um, it's very much a what-if scenario. Uh, he's been in the superhero horror genre before with, uh, with Darkman, which, Dark, which, is, oh, wait a minute, which was essentially Raimi's own version of characters such as Batman and The Shadow. Now, I have seen Darkman. I don't know if it was Darkman or Darkman 2. But I do need to rewatch it because I didn't... I think at that time I wasn't that well-versed in Raimi's style, that kind of dark comedy, um, brooding kind of horror. And I didn't really like it when I first watched it, but it is very much uh, on my on my list to watch. So many Batman movie flavours already. Yeah, I... I it's... Uh, I wouldn't want them to rush into doing something uh, with Sam Raimi. It'd be cool to see, but yeah, like Head of Steel says, there's quite a few different, very different versions uh, that we've seen so far in the cinematic universe. Um, you know, drop in the chat what you thought of the Batman, if uh, if anyone uh, watching live has seen the Batman, or if you're catching up on this on the podcast, drop into the Twitter, Ministry underscore horror, or the Facebook, and um, let me know what you thought of the Batman. I've seen it. I think I put my comments uh, a couple of weeks back or a week or so back uh, on the uh, Ministry of Slam chat. I did enjoy it. I didn't think it needed to be three hours long. There's parts in the middle that I think they could have trimmed down a bit. I really liked that the fact that they focused more on Batman as a detective. Um, and there were parts that I did really like. And I think I'll probably appreciate it a bit more on a rewatch. But I did very much leave the cinema kind of feeling like Huh. It's good. But huh. Not not like when I left the cinema after watching Ghostbusters Afterlife. Went in there thinking, could be cool. Really enjoyed it. Um so Batman, I'd give a solid eight out of ten. It's not bad. It's pretty damn good. But could have trimmed a few bits down. Um but yeah, let me know what you thought on that. Now, in other news, there's a new film coming out called Escape the Cornfield, which looks looks pretty damn interesting so again i'll drop the article link in the chat but uh yeah there's been a uh, a poster has been revealed for escape the field um uh in which uh i guess characters are dropped into an endless cornfield uh lionsgate teases escape the field a new horror film from emerson moore that will open in select theaters and vod platforms on may the 6th 2022 um so it's got the the first images uh, on the poster are for the cat and mouse thriller starring Jordan Claire Robbins. Theo Rossi. Now, Theo Rossi is a name I... Oh, crap. I was just looking at the uh, the image on the link thinking, where do I know the name Theo Rossi? It's not really jumping out to me. He, his hair in this picture, and he never had hair in the show, he was from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Um, Tahari Sharif, Julian Fender, Eleanor Huat. Watko and Shane West. I don't know any of those other actors. 
In the film, the fear is inescapable and the suspense non-stop in this gripping horror thriller about six strangers who suddenly awaken in a remote, endless cornfield. Straight away, that's got my interest. Because cornfields can be so damn creepy if used you know, effectively. There's a not massively well-known uh, horror film uh, called Scarecrows, or just Scarecrow, maybe. I caught it once on the Sci-Fi channel, and I've, I picked up the Blu-ray of it. God damn, that's a freaky film. Like, there's not a massive amount to the plot, but the way they... I mean, the cornfields themselves are obviously the setting for the film, but the use of the scarecrows, and it's it's damn gory. It's, it's quite supernatural as well. Um, I would definitely recommend searching that one out, but we're not talking about scarecrows. We're talking about Escape the Field. So... They're in a remote, endless cornfield. Stripped of their possessions, they are left with only six items. A gun and a single bullet, matches, a lantern, a knife, a compass, and a flask of water. As mysterious sirens blare in the distance and traps appear at every turn, the group realises it's been plunged into a cat-and-mouse game with an unseen evil, and survival depends upon solving a diabolical and deadly puzzle. Poster artwork looks pretty cool if you scroll down, uh, scroll down through, the, uh, through the page. I'm very much interested in watching that. I think, you know, if done if done well, and if the acting's good, could be a pretty damn decent um, thriller, thriller horror. Uh, and that's coming May the 6th. And finally, in news, this is pretty cool. So <laughs> if, you've, uh, if you've watched or listened to the show before, you'll know that I'm a fan of Ty West. I like the guy's films. The films I've seen anyway, I haven't seen the Western that he did can't remember what it's called um but he has a film coming out very soon if not uh uh oh shane west is good was in the nikita and salem tv series i've not actually seen either i've heard very good things about both of them but um i've not uh i've not seen it what is all this vum today things that come from uh from youtube i don't i i don't i don't get it someone tell me um but we have, uh, he has a new film coming out soon, very soon. It might even be out now, but I'm definitely going to go watch it. Called X, uh, which is his return to horror, set in a kind of 70s setting. I think it's a porn crew. Uh, I've gone to a uh, an old farmhouse to film an adult film. But things occur, as they tend to do in a horror. Well, he has uh, unveiled a teaser, which I haven't seen yet, for a surprise X prequel. Pearl at South by Southwest. Uh, Ty West's X made its world premiere at South by Southwest Film Festival uh, ahead of its theatrical release on March the 18th. And I don't know if that's worldwide or just US. And at the Q&A after the premiere, West saved the best for last, a trailer for an already filmed X prequel titled Pearl. Pearl was shot on secret, uh, in secret on location in New Zealand and is currently in post-production. Uh, the film is written and directed by Ty West, with Mia Goth reprising her ex-role. It's produced by A24, who just, I mean, Christ, the films that they produce seem to just be gold. Gold after gold after gold. Um, Jacob Jafka, Harrison Kreis, and Kevin Turin, and executive produced by Goth, Dennis Cummings, Sam Levinson. Was Sam Levinson in Freaks and Geeks? That name sounds familiar. Uh, Ashley Levinson, Karina Manishil, Scott Mascudi, and Peter Funk. 
Uh, X, meanwhile, takes place in 1979, where a group of young filmmakers, porn filmmakers, has uh, set out to make an adult film in rural Texas. Not that there's anything derogatory about that. Um, but when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast soon finds themselves in a desperate fight for their lives. Oh, Mia Goth was in the Suspiria remake, which was absolute trash. Um, Scott Mescudi is Kid Cudi, which I, I didn't realise that was his, his real name. Um, Owen Campbell from Super Dark Times, that's a pretty cool film. Stephen Yuri is from Deathgasm, which is a cool heavy metal, uh, heavy metal um, horror comedy. And Scream's Jenna Ortega. Now, I do still need to watch. Do still need to watch the new Scream. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard very good film, good things, and nothing really derogatory about it. But, yeah, very much looking forward to that. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to X. And Pearl also sounds pretty cool. So we are now going to do a little bit of a review, as we do. It's another Shudder film, and it's one that I mentioned in the news last week. Oh, the seed. Now I, I, I feel that I'm constantly shitting on these new films uh, that are coming out, and I'm really not. I'm really not trying to be a, yeah, negative Nelly or any of that sort of stuff. But um, other than censor, which is one of the first reviews did a few weeks back. Oh man, I will say though. The seed in comparison to like the last few films like uh, Hellbenders, Hellbender, um, and uh, Slapface, the seed is a bad film, but it is actually quite enjoyable. Um, it's it's so it's weird. I mean, it's shot really nicely, but then the effects do look quite cheap. But then there's some visual effects, like I suppose some you know, CGI effects which look quite decent. But then the practical effects, which I normally prefer practical effects because if it looks real, it it seems more real, kind of came across kind of cheap. It's, yeah, it, but, but I did kind of enjoy the film. It just it was pretty damn dumb, but entertaining. Um, so it's a 2021 uh, release. It came to Shudder last week uh, exclusively, written and directed by Sam Walker. Stars a small cast of Lucy Martin, Chelsea Edge, and Sophie Vavasseur. Uh, it's basically, I mean, just the blurb on IMDb. Uh, what starts out as a girl's weekend away in the Mojave Desert becomes a tale of horror, death, and alien invasion. So, I'm just going to close some of my windows because I've got fair too many windows open. Cool. You've got these three actresses, these, th these three, you know, early 20s girls. And they've gone to a really fancy house, which is one of the girls' father's house. Two of the girls are influencers, and one of them just doesn't even use social media. So you kind of already get an idea of which one's kind of going to be your protagonist based on uh, <laughs> based on how attached they are to, uh, to the social media world. Um, and they've gone to take drugs drink and watch this uh, meteor shower um which is you know, one of one of a once in a lifetime event this big testicle thing <laughs> comes down from the sky and lands in their swimming pool and i watched the review um after watching it on uh, on youtube mark commode who's you know one of the guys that got me into horror with his uh 
his specials on horrors in the uh, in the late 90s early 2000s and he does a lot of film reviews as I suppose he's a film reviewer that's his profession and he did a review on the seed and uh, he kind of capitalized it quite well in that if you've ever seen the film a razor head by david lynch um hey carrie if you've ever seen the film a razor head by david lynch think of that creature in that and that's kind of what you get as the creature in this this testicle thing starts kind of morphing into like a a weird amorphous turtle thing really weird and it does kind of look like that just nuts just nuts thing from uh the far better a razorhead by david lynch and it starts having an influence okay my apple watch just decided to contact a a talk-based assistant i don't even remember saying that word but that's uh there we go um yeah so it starts having this influence on them and there's uh illusions to an alien invasion it is it's a mad film there's a lot of okay so th- think the mixture of the creature from a razor head and a not as extreme version of uh what's it called the smulching the smelding the the melding there's a film called society which has an infamous finale think that that film's crazy um it it kind of has vibes of that but you know what as crap as the film was and i don't like shitting on films i really don't it probably seems like i do it was kind of entertaining um if you have shudder and you kind of just want to put something on in the background maybe not pay too much attention to it it's it's worth a watch it's better than slap face and i think hellbenders uh six out of ten six out of ten on the test score for the seed now and i did keep meaning to do some graphics for these changes of segments but uh <laughs> sorry did you of still did you say a film featuring a testicle like monster was nuts completely unintentional but yes um <laughs> um i was so i was gonna plan to do some graphics for like transitions i really haven't got around to it i've got an accountancy uh exam in a couple of weeks and recently got a dog and it's just been a bit mad so no special graphics for the live stream, but um, we are going to debut the Ministry of Horror MOH Book Club. Um, oh shit, that's my camera. Excuse my language. There we go. Again, again, he's still getting used to this technological know-how. Book Club. Now, I'm starting it off with a short story. Um, it's one in society. It was the shunting. God, yes, the shunting. My God. My God. Society. I, I remember watching Society. It might well have been on Shudder. And it was one that I knew of from the artwork with this face and kind of a pinky, purpley goo. And I knew that it was meant to be quite gross. I didn't know anything about the story. And... uh for the first, it's like it's been an hour and a half, I guess, and for about an hour, hour ten, it's basically like a mystery, like a kind of a murder mystery from memory. You get hints of something a bit weird going on with some of the people, like body parts where there shouldn't be body parts. Leads to a finale where the shunting occurs. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say too much more about it if you haven't watched it, 
other than give it a watch and uh yeah <laughs> so what, what else is there to say about the shunting scene in society but yeah we are doing the book club we are doing the book club and as you'll see appearing on the screen i have decided because i'm an avid reader but i'm not a fast reader i do most of my reading on the throne make of that what you will and i recently picked up from a charity shop uh clive barker's books of blood uh the first collection which is volumes one to three and the second collection which is volumes four to six i think those are all the books of blood i don't think he did any further volumes but i may be wrong and as you may be seeing appearing on the screen now the story that i decided to talk about uh not so much i suppose in a review i don't really want to be scoring it but uh but just kind of discussing is uh the it's like the first proper short story in it the, the, the first official one which is books books of blood or book of blood is more of a trippy kind of introduction to the stories within but it's the first kind of main story in books of blood volume one and that is the midnight meat train wow 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 so i've always wanted to read more clive barker uh he got very very high praise early in his career from stephen king and stephen king's my boy pretty much 80 percent of the books behind me are stephen king um you know is one of the reasons i love horror I'm sure that's the same for quite a lot of people. Um, other authors I like, James Herbert. Um, I've never really read Dean Koontz. He is on the list to try, because I do love the film. It's kind of trashy, Phantoms. But Dean Koontz I haven't read much of. But Clive Barker, who I always find is more difficult to find in bookshops other than his more kid-friendly books, um, is someone that I've wanted to read more of. I've read The Hellbound Heart, which is the basis for Hellraiser. Uh, and I've read The Scarlet Gospels, which is kind of a sequel closing chapter to The Hellbound Heart and some other stories because of the characters therein. But The Midnight Meat Train, um, it was adapted into a film, which, as you can see on the images, uh, starred um, Vinnie Jones as the, the butcher, the mahogany is his name, um, and um, Bradley Cooper as the other character whose name I've already forgotten. But, Wow. Okay, this is what I love about a good short story. You don't need to overload it with exposition. It doesn't need to meet a certain minimum page, uh, you know, page minimum, I should say. So I, I, I love Stephen King's books, but I haven't read too many of his short story collections. I think maybe because I'd picked up one of his 90s ones, which was, as we mentioned earlier, Nightmares and Dreamscapes. And I found it so difficult to get into just because especially the first few stories were so long with far too much build up, you know, not not interesting build up. Um, uh, maybe I need to skip through to some other stories to find some some better ones. And I've got it on the bookcase and Skeleton Crew is a much better collection, in my opinion. But I'd picked up the Books of Blood and I mean, Midnight Meat Train, I think, is 15 pages long. It's not, I don't think it's even 20 pages. I think it is maybe like 15, 16 pages. And it's brilliant. And the film adaptation has managed to take a story that is, again, 15 pages long, really, if that. And they do a pretty good job. It's not a bad adaptation. They manage to stay true to the story, but at the same time, 
expand such a short story into a feature-length film and pretty much stay true to it, even the, the crazy finale, which I think was really cool and really inventive. Uh, his prose in it is so dark and gory, but without being exploitative. Um, it, it's really good, um, and I'm looking forward to reading some more of it. Uh, Fran the Can says, have you tried any Richard Lehman? I've not, I've not heard of Richard Lehman. Give me, give me a suggestion, and I'll, I'll add it to my... Yeah. I have got a Kindle, but I just, I just can't. I just always like to buy a book. I just like, I just prefer holding a, a paperback or a hardback. So yeah, Fran McCannon, drop in the chat, um, a Richard Lehman, and you know, I will live on air. I'll add it to my Amazon basket. Um, but yeah, that's that's the general story for the Midnight Meat Train is New York City. There's a, a guy that's moved there. I believe it's with his girlfriend. They, I may be confusing it with the film possibly and it, how it expands things quite a bit but a guy moves to new york city he's in love with the city just the vibe everything that you know the city is its own kind of character if you've ever been to new york you'll understand i went on a holiday there it's just it's there's nothing quite like it i mean i'm not that well traveled so maybe there is but for me at the time being a small boy from ringwood um it's it's really quite special but at the same time as will have happened in uh, big cities all of the time especially, I suppose, in the 70s, 80s. I think this was released in the mid-80s. Uh, there are murders occurring. There are brutal um, bodies and scenes being found on subway trains in New York. Very quickly, you're, we're jumping between this main character, I can't remember his name, but the guy that Brad Cooper plays, and uh, Mahogany, the butcher. You're getting both their perspectives in quite a short space of time. And it's insinuated at that stage that he is doing this job for the city. He has bosses that are above the policeman. He's, he's upset that he's seeing the news articles that things are being found because on one hand, he's not getting the recognition as a killer, but at the same point, it shows that he's maybe getting sloppy because he is getting older. His body is wearing down on him. And... Um, Normally, there shouldn't be anything left at the scene, but maybe there's a witness he has to take care of. Maybe time runs out for what he needs to do before he has time to kill and, you know, take the hair off, I guess, the skin, and basically treat human flesh like it is butcher meat for a higher purpose or something along those lines. And our main character... Again, played by Bradley Cooper in the film, whose character name I can't remember, is fascinated by these stories, and he stays on the train. He he falls asleep on the train, or seemingly, and witnesses this occurring, and misses the last stop, and ultimately goes to this final destination where the train driver seems complicit with whatever the uh, whatever the butcher is doing. Um, and it leads to quite a shocking finale. And like I say, this all occurs in the novel in the space of 15 pages or so. If you've not seen the film, I would recommend giving it a watch. I never saw it initially because it's just, I mean, the title sounds a bit trashy. Not that I'm just into like highbrow horror, but I, if it looks like it's going to be torture porn or gore 
porn, for want of a better term, then I'm not really that interested in it. I don't mind grisly horror at all, but it has to serve a purpose. There has to be a story behind it. The first Saw worked, the first Hostel kind of worked, but from those points on, it just became more about showing people getting hurt in graphically, in graphic nature with not so much focus on what the purpose is, what the story is. Is there a protagonist in this? Um, but it is actually pretty damn good. And having now just recently read the short, it's, it does stick to it pretty well. So I recommend it. If uh, you can probably, I mean, I picked up mine from a charity shop and it's three volumes of the Books of Blood and it was two pounds I saw on the label. Um, you could probably get uh, get it for a few quid on Kindle. But I think we will probably in the future look at some more short stories. There's The Forbidden is in Books of Blood. I think it's volume one or it's in the first collection. And that is the basis for Candyman. Candyman... I I like the first film, but it's not my go-to. His, you know, it's not my go-to horror of the nineties. Um, it's quite a scary film at times, like quite dark, but it's not my go-to. It's an interesting story, though, and I've not seen the latest film, but I am interested in seeing what the basis for that was, uh, because Hellraiser is quite different, you know, to uh, to the the Hellbound Heart, even though um, Clive Barker did write and direct the first uh, Hellraiser film. But yeah, I see um, Fran McCann says probably Funland or Island. Right, let me let me open up my Amazon. And, uh, Richard Lehman. Just copy that into the search. Um, ooh, the Beast House trilogy. The Cellar, the Beast House, and the Midnight Tour. Sounds pretty good. Darkness, Talisman Adventure, The Lake. Among the Missing, Flesh, The Travel... Oh, my God, The Travelling Vampire Show. Oh, do you know what? That's actually kind of irritating. So a while ago, so I, I do write. Um, it's mainly been... Um, it's mainly been... Screenplays, so I do film work. But I have... I mean, my, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an author. Um, but I just never thought it was a viable career. Uh, but one of the stories that I did have an idea for was a circus-based thing, probably because it was quite a big thing in my youth. Having vampire clowns in it. Um, and I've just seen that it's got the Travelling Vampire Show, which I imagine is probably much better than anything I could <laughs> I could have written. But, I mean, that's 99p for Kindle. Like I say, I don't normally use my Kindle, but it's 7.99 for the paperback, 32.75 for the hardcover. Um... Right, come on. I'll add that to the basket in a second. It's just like a buy now. So you mentioned Funland or the Island. Hey, Crimson Mel. We're just doing some Amazon shopping at the moment. Professional, professional thing. Uh, so Island, a luxury holiday turns deadly. That's eight forty nine on paperback, two ninety nine on Kindle. Um, and Funland, more fear than fun. We're going to go with Funland, I think, because there is something about creepy amusement parks. Uh, 8.49 on paperback. I mean, I could just get it for 1.99 on Kindle, but I do prefer physical books. And this will arrive tomorrow. Screw it. Okay. Okay. You got me to spend £8.46. I mean, you didn't, it didn't take much pushing. <laughs> I'm terrible with Amazon. Any, any incentive to spend money? Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully my card details aren't reflected onto my glasses cool okay well we've picked that up we have picked that up 
so there we have it that is uh so what i'm thinking in terms of uh the the general book club because i don't want it to be a regular thing i don't want to be too too infrequent um is every so often we'll do a short story whether it's uh clive barker maybe alternative short stories because they're quick and easy and i like i say i'm <laughs> i'm an avid reader not a quick reader but in terms of novels uh so we've just picked up um funland but i have two actually and i'd like to hear potential perspectives if people have read these books or if they like the sound of it of what to read um in the next few weeks and then discuss on the show so bear with me one moment i should have grabbed these before starting the show dead air what you love on a radio podcast live stream so two books that i remember picking up uh uh, I think it was in um, Winchester or Wimborne Christmas Market. I don't know. Anyway, I saw that there was a, uh, a Waterstones, and I'm not going to not go into Waterstones and look at the horror collection. But I picked up two books that I know very little about. It turns out that I didn't even realise one of them has been adapted into a film, which I've seen, and it's pretty good. Um, but I just thought, you know, I, I'm always on the lookout for uh, something good. Um dead air is where it's at it's all the rage man <laughs> thanks mal thanks mal um so i'd like i'd like suggestions from the the chat about one of these two just because i've already got them here but then i think after whichever one we pick uh i will have hopefully have read uh read funland by there and we can discuss that because i don't really know much about i've never even heard of this director but i do i like the i like the front covers and half the time me buying a book is what the cover looks like but the choices for the book club, proper novel, first novel to uh, discuss on the show, probably in a two, three weeks' time, well, when I finish it, basically, is either My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones and The Ritual by Adam Neville. The Ritual may be more known, to people based on the film the film is available on netflix i believe it's pretty decent it is a pretty decent film um i'm not going to read the entire backs of both of these books because we'll be here for a while uh but in regards to my heart is a chainsaw the tagline is some girls just don't know how to die oh, and that sounds um Jade Daniels is an outcast, half Indian, with an abusive father and an absent mother. In Proof Rock, a town that wants nothing to do with her. Now one class away from dropping out of school, she is pouring her life and soul into her last assignment, a personal history of horror films. Well, who doesn't have their own personal history of horror films? That's really cool. But Proof Rock doesn't rest easy. As blood spills in the lake and violent stories refuse to stay buried, Jay's encyclopedic knowledge of horror cinema begins to make sense of everything happening in the rapidly gentrifying rural lake town. And with the arrival of the final girl, Letha Mondragon, she is convinced an irreversible sequence of events has been set into motion. As Jay dives deep into the history of her hometown, the missing tourists, the drowned church in Indian Lake, the tragic deaths at camp years ago, the town strives to keep her trapped. But outcasts still laugh and fight and cry and love fiercely. And even as the terror descends and the blood flows, they never, ever give up. Uh, Alma Katsu, author of The Deep and the Hunger, says a homage to slasher films that also manages to defy and transcend genre. 
Mm, okay. So that's My Heart is a Chainsaw. Now, the other one, Adam Neville's The Ritual, which the Sunday Times has said is horrifyingly scary. Ooh, in the forests of Scandinavia, an ancient present starts its nightmare hunt once again. Four old university friends reunite for a hiking trip in the Scandinavian wilderness of the Arctic Circle. No longer young men, they have little left in common and tensions rise as they struggle to connect. Frustrated and tired, they take a shortcut that turns their hike into a nightmare that could cost them their lives. Lost, hungry, and surrounded by forest untouched for millennia, they stumble across an isolated house. Inside, they find the macabre remains of unknown rites and pagan sacrifices, ancient artifacts, and unidentifiable bones. The place of dark ritual is home to a bestial predator that is still alive in the ancient forest, and now they're the prey. The four friends struggled towards salvation, but death doesn't come easily among these ancient trees. So, they are the two films, two films, when we're talking about the two novels, pick from they seem to be fairly similar in length i'd say maybe maybe my heart as a chainsaw looks slightly bigger but if we've got any um any preference on either of those uh pop it in the chat and we can confirm it and if we if we've got no preference then i'll just start i'll pick one and uh and uh we'll set a show when to and uh, to discuss it crimson mail the second one caught my interest uh crimson mail have you seen the film that this is based on no, not that this is based on. It's based on this, adapted of this, uh, The Ritual. It's a British film, I believe. It's British actors. Uh, and it is on Netflix. In I think it's just Netflix picked it up, so it should be on both Netflix US and UK. Yeah, it does. Oh, so, okay, so we've got some, some uh, interest on both sides. So Crimson Mel is interested in The Ritual. Uh, Carrie is intrigued by My Heart as a Chainsaw. Uh, Crimson Mal, I've not, but I'll put it on my list to watch. Yeah, it is decent. Um, I have mixed feelings about the finale, but at the same point, I quite liked that they went for it, which is incredibly vague, I know, but I really don't want to give anything away. I will say the f it, it didn't really mention it too much on the back of the book, but the film has a very, a very striking opening. Something very tragic happens that gets called back to quite often throughout the, uh, the film. And... Um, it, yeah, it's a decent film. So, um, okay, we've got one for the ritual. We've got one for my heart as a chainsaw. Uh, we'll we'll come back to we'll come back to look for a kind of a confirmation a bit later in the show. But now, let me just check my show plan. We are at the main event. So, I will say now, just to get it loaded up, and we'll confirm when we're going to start it. We will watch and work through the Netflix original interactive film, Escape the Undertaker. Now, we are the Ministry of Horror, MOH. We are part of the Ministry of Slam Network, and that is wrestling. That's, you know, quite a few people that are, that are, that are listening may well have come across the show from uh, from our parent, uh, parent show, uh, Ministry of Slam. So what I will say before we sort of discuss the episode and then start watching it, is uh, go on to Netflix, find Escape the Undertaker, hit start, and this is purely just to kind of get any potential buffering issues out the way, uh, hit start, let it play for a couple of seconds, then pause and pull it back to the start, so then hopefully there shouldn't any shouldn't be any sort of buffering issues, uh, and can, we can watch it at the same time. 
Uh, for those that don't know, yes, it is The Undertaker from Rasslin. And uh, it also features The New Day. Solidarity to Big E, who's uh, got an awful broken neck injury currently. Um, but we're going to work through it. It's an interactive film. Um, the New Day have uh, some great comedy chops. I, I Like I said at the start of the show, I did go through this when it first came out. And I went through the Big E route, because you got three routes at the start. So we'll look at either Kofi or Xavier. Um, but if, uh, if you guys want to get it loaded up, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, on, you know, Spotify, uh, YouTube, um, you know, Apple podcasts, play along at home. Just going to get a quick swig of water. Okay. So escape the under the undertaker. I'm just gonna have a quick look on, uh, on Wikipedia about the background of it. I mean, did it have anyone notable behind the scenes or was it a purely wwe production okay there's nothing on wikipedia let's go to imdb and have a little look see if there's any kind of production information escape the undertaker so is them so it's directed by ben sims has he done much outside of that is he uh anyone any kind of okay now he seems to be a netflix affiliated director do you know for doing uh interactive based filming um and that's based on he was the producer for you versus wild which is the bear grills netflix interactive oh my god excuse me that water's made me burp um interactive series um okay so there's not really any uh that's barely anything in terms of <laughs> in terms of the production. Ben Sims directed it. it stars Mark Calloway, Etor Ewan, who's Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Austin Watson, who's Xavier Woods. I did not know his name was actually Austin Watson. His Austin Creed, Xavier Woods, Consequences Creed. That's Austin Watson. Um, but yeah, get the okay. Carrie is cool is ready. Um, so get the show ready, and uh, I'm just going to move the stream chat to my my production-y sort of page and we don't need clive barker on screen and screen anymore but we do we do need the undertaker we do need the undertaker there we go okay so after three we're gonna hit play so it's gonna be three two one play so when you're ready those watching live, those listening later on podcast, we are going to watch Escape the Undertaker, and we're going to work through this together. <laughs> this is, it'll hopefully be fun. If not, hey, this is a solo show. Cool. So, in three, two, one, play. Oh, great, and it's buffering. <laughs> okay, we have uh, a Netflix interactive film. Which is incredibly loud in my headphones. God damn. There he is, Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, legendary figure in WWE. Probably scared a fair few people in their youth, uh, depending on when you grew up. Okay, has he? Okay, he's made a key out of two pieces of metal. Okay, the urn is a key part of uh, 
of his early, well, most of his career, especially his early career, we're seeing some footage of uh, Undertaker just smashing people. I'm doing a live commentary, as I imagine if you are just listening to this on podcast, it would suck for just radio silence. Yeah, for a long time, uh, Undertaker was kind of unmatched in presence. Great ability as well for a big man. Get ready to click. You decide what happens next. Okay. Now, I would have liked to pause so we can interactively do the decisions, but I have a feeling it's time-limited. See, it's time-limited, so I'm going to say I'm ready. I'm not too scared, because that might end it. <laughs> so I've clicked I'm ready. I don't want to undo last choice. Okay, so there we've got a pretty cool house. A pretty cool, uh, I suppose you'd call it a mansion or a manor. Escape the Undertaker. <laughs> it very much does feel like, especially with the music now, like it's something on Spike TV in like 2008. Like, you'd watch this before The Ultimate Fighter came on. But yeah, you you got to love the New Day. Charismatic. Three of the most charismatic people in WWE. So they've just happened to come by his uh, his mansion. <laughs> so it shows it shows E and Kofi Kingston doing high flying maneuvers, and then and then Xavier's just playing this trombone. Oh, so they've come by looking for the urn. Okay, I mean, I guess that makes sense. The power of the urn, which is usually quite dark arts uh, power, to the power of positivity. So I guess for the suggestions, because they're going to be kind of quick fire, I'll say what I'm going to click and I'll do a three, two, one. Hopefully we're still in sync. Um... And if we're not, it's going to be a few seconds different. Oh, the door has opened to the mansion. I do like the fact that they've got Xavier being a bit more scared than the other three, the other two. It kind of ties into the feud with the, the Wyatt family, where uh, which the Wyatt family would be quite a cool uh, thing to discuss at some point in the future, because there's quite a lot of horror influence there. Um, but Xavier's character was very much the scared individual there. Oh, Crimson Mal, that sucks to hear. I hate it when that happens. So Crimson Mal just said, this is upsetting. Package I ordered was just delivered, and the moron threw it on the ground. Everything in there is broke. Uh, so it's going to be semi here, but it's going to have to give them a call. Yeah, completely understandable, Crimson Mal. That, that sucks. I've been fairly fortunate with... Um, 
delivery companies uh, in my area, but you always hear horror stories. Packages just being thrown over fences or just dropped, or people even stealing packages from doorsteps. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, mate. Okay, oh shit, we're going to follow the whispers. I didn't, I will, sorry, my phone went. Click follow the whispers. Sorry about that. I will be, I literally just noticed I'd spent money on my card without even realizing, oh, it's because I purchased uh, Funland. Ah, Paul Bearer. Oh, yes. I think that's a pretty good impression. Don't at me. I know my sister's uh, watching the chat and she, uh, damn it, went with Fog. You can reverse your decision. Uh, or you can just watch a slightly different version to the rest of us. It does kind of come together in the middle, I believe. But yeah, next time a suggestion comes up, I will say what I'm going to go with, and then we'll 3, 2, 1 it. But yeah, I imagine all this backstory on the wrestling, my sister Carrie, uh, Carrie is cool 34, is probably thinking, what? But this is kind of cool. It's an interactive film utilizing the horror uh, influence behind the character and cults. Like that's there's some cool artwork that Kofi's seeing of what looks like possessed cult people um, praising this urn's power. Quite cool imagery, even though the set does look like it might be, it might have doubled for a porn set for something on Brazzers. <laughs> Oh, he's hearing the whispers. He's following the whispers as we did. Gone back, but we'll need to fast forward. Okay, well, literally the point I'm at is uh, Kofi Kingston was listening to a glass on a picture. The glass is just broken. Biggie is stuck. Okay, so Biggie has been uh, trapped onto this big throne. Kofi and Xavier are there. I'm keeping a keen eye on the screen so I don't miss uh, <laughs> any other choices. It's the whole pur purpose of the show. Won't let me fast forward. Oh, dear, Carrie. Well, just keep in mind what choices we select, and you should only be a few seconds behind, I imagine. I don't know how far we, in we are into it. On, uh, on Netflix, on the browser, the only thing I've got at the bottom of the screen is if I want to undo last choice. Oh, the urn loves to consume the souls of the good. So at this stage, they're thinking the Undertaker is, up to this point, a colleague of theirs that they uh, they do the graps with every week. But now he's legitimately taking their soul. You know? Okay, there's a keyhole on the side of the uh, lock that's around the urn. Some cool imagery around it, some cool symbolism. Okay, we're probably going to get another selection coming up from the sounds of it. Okay, so Kofi's recognised a symbol. Woods has recognised a symbol, so we've not followed the Woods route yet. We've, we've done the Kofi route. Biggie don't feel so good. 
Okay, search upstairs or search basement. I'm going to go search basement. Three, two, one, basement. Now you really have to pay attention. You don't get much time to, uh, to make a selection. But for anyone following at home, I've clicked on search basement. Okay, we've got a door with a creepy symbol on it. I'm trying to think if I recognize a similar association with that symbol. Upside down triangle with like a kind of a cross and a kind of another point on the top of it. It looks similar to something in like satanic lore. I imagine Crimson Mail will, will kind of be much better versed at like a dark iconography. Okay, so they are in a morgue with a weird sort of chicken embryo. A two-headed uh, skeleton, bio, biological, biochemical symbol. The toe tag is Isaac Yankum DDS. That's uh, Kane for anyone uh, anyone that doesn't know. A horror dentist character. Um, horror dentists. There is a '90s horror film. I think this may be two called The Dentist. They're pretty fun, schlocky, over-the-top 90s gore fests, so. I've not got the choices up yet. We'll go with basement when you get there, Carrie. Goodness me. Goodness me. Follow Xavier or stay with others. I'm going to say stay with others. Three, two, one, stay with others. Because I'm not going in the fog. Right next to a corpse. Oh, and there's the Undertaker behind Xavier Woods. Oh, my goodness. Chunky Undertaker. He's taking him. He's taking him into the fog. Whoops. Maybe we should have gone to him. Oh, well. Okay, Kofi is climbing onto the corpse of Isaac Yankum, DDS. And they're going to, Biggie's going to push the trolley across through the fog to uh, hopefully not get Undertaker grabbed. Kind of like it's an escape room type scenario, isn't it? Like a really elaborate, disused warehouse looking area of an escape room. Do you know, I've never done the escape room. I'd be interested to, but I'm shit at puzzles. Oh, Kofi's trying to climb along the pipes and one has broken. But Kofi is known for his uh, feats of uh, agility and high flying. Have you caught up yet, Carrie? Are you in the morge or morge morgue yet? Oh, yeah, Kofi has made it across, so he should be able to get the key now. Looks like the psycho surgeon one I did last weekend. Ah, was that fun? Okay, they stopped the fog. They got the key. 
They don't seem they don't seem too concerned about their friend that's been taken. Oh well, yeah, I say that just as there's like, let's get the um, let's get woods. Okay, they are back in the satanic living room with the urn. Okay, does the key fit the lock? Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> A door is open and Woods has been shoved out of it. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about it. What did the Undertaker do? Okay, they've got the key. Are we going to get... Yeah, I worked out how to fast forward. Okay, well they're just putting the key in the uh in the lock. They got Woods back. And the urn has unlocked. Okay, so there's multiple keys. Of course it's only got one half of the key as we saw at the start. So if they don't find the other key, the ritual will complete and... Oh dear. Big E is vomiting up some luminous purple. Which is a colour very much associated with The Undertaker pretty much throughout his career. Okay, I guess we've got another... Keep searching or bust the urn out. I reckon bust the urn out. Screw it. Three... Two, one, bust urn out. Screw it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Oh, okay. <laughs> Biggie is covered in spiders. Saviour Woods being buried alive. And Kofi with purple eyes has kind of become the new Undertaker. Oh, that's premonitions. Premonitions, maybe. Okay, so I guess we do need to keep searching. I guess uh, that would have been the correct option. Just got a bit of a look into their potential future if they don't find the other key, I, uh, I imagine. Rest in peace, Percy Pringle. Paul Bearer. That's a cool painting. Like, it's quite creepy imagery. For whatever reason, <laughs> completely unrelated, it makes me think of um, The Eclipse from Berserk. I've never read the, the, the books, but I have seen that particular episode because it's disturbing. Like, anime can be messed up at the best of times. Uh, but that is, oh, jeebus. It's a, a proper hellscape. Uh, so if you like uh, horror anime, or, yeah, it's, uh, Berserk is great. Do you know, I keep meaning to read, uh, read the books. And I heard that the author recently, I say recently, uh, the author in the last like, six months or so passed away. And I don't know if they're ever going to finish it, if someone else is going to take up the mantle. I've kind of kept up to date with what happened post-eclipse um but yeah I, I happened to see the episode i think it was like a buzzfeed or 
watch mojo did like a top 10 uh let's go keep power vial in three two one keep power vial uh yeah i saw the clip of the berserk um the eclipse from berserk and i never heard of it at that time in like a watch mojo top 10 disturbing animes i found the episode on youtube and god damn it's not like it's overly um detailed art because it is like mid 90s i think might be wrong on that uh but man it's visually just is it is scary it's just transported into a hellscape and these monsters are just literally eating people and just But yeah, it's a cool story. I'd like a proper full adaptation. I think there's been a couple of adaptations, but from my understanding, they've only ever gone up to the Eclipse. There, there might be more than that, which I'll need to check out. But Berserk is great. Recently watched Helsing and Helsing Unlimited. Do you know what, Fran Can and I... Um... Oh, Carrie's Courses looks like a Dalek. <laughs> um, uh, follow Kofi, stay in library. Let's follow Kofi. Follow Kofi in three, two, one. Follow Kofi. Um, Helsing and Helsing Ultimate. Do you know what? I think, was there a film of Helsing in the late 90s? Like 97, 98? Because I think I've seen that, but I'm sure that I've seen on Netflix. There's like a whole series. Um, and that's definitely something I'd like to watch. But I'm very picky with anime in that I really don't watch that much of it. Like I like the classics like um, Akira. And Street Fighter 2, the animated movies. That's incredible. But yeah, if there's any like really good um, horror anime suggestions, let me know. Um, I'd love to find one that I want to stick with. I've dipped in of like Tokyo Ghoul and Parasite. I think I've seen, I've seen an episode of. But yeah, any really good horror anime suggestions, ideally on Netflix or Prime, readily available, then... Uh, Hit it up in the chat. Let me know. So, oh, do we want to face the Undertaker or flee? I reckon let's let's not be pansies. Let's face the Undertaker. So, three, two, one, face Undertaker. Yeah, I'd I'd love if Berserk, if one of the series adaptations was on Netflix. And to be honest, I think Netflix should do like a Castlevania, which I have seen season one of. I haven't finished any more of it though but the season one was decent but yeah do like a castlevania type adaptation of berserk just like no holds barred oh smacking about kofi maybe we shouldn't have faced him doesn't sound like it went well It's quite a basic sandwich for the Undertaker to be eating. Is that pastrami? Um, flee or search alligator. I reckon search alligator. There's got to be something there. So search alligator in three, two, one. Search alligator. Yeah, they haven't even realised Kofi's gone.
just just throw throw woods up into into the bookcase to get the uh is it an alligator or a crocodile? I think it was an alligator, wasn't it? Okay, so is he gonna take a run up to Biggie and Biggie's gonna fling him up to the uh, to the bookcase? But yeah, pretty much. Woods displaying some killer upper body strength to uh, to pull up to the uh, the alligator. Yeah, I think Biggie's got the easy job there, keeping his foot on something. Oh, uh, of course, Biggie's been affected by uh, by the urn, the urn's dark power. And you know what? Talking about anime, maybe uh, if there's any anime aficionados, um, we should maybe do a do an anime like top three horror animes, whether that's film or series. Maybe something I'm interested, like I said, in uh, in learning more about. I'd you know love to find a really good, a really good anime narrative that I like. So I know anime has its fandom, and I don't really get a lot of it like attack on titan i did watch a few episodes of series one of that but it just it never really gripped me but i would love to watch uh i'd love to get suggestions on good horror anime films or series so maybe that's uh maybe that's a future show check out shiki oh ah fran the cannon are you thinking of vampire hunter d bloodlust that anime was a movie helsing was two series in 2001 to 2002 and 2006 to Yes, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. You are correct. That is what I'm thinking of. Is there any connection between Vampire Hunter D and Helsing, or is it literally just just a vampire theme? Uh, Shiki. Let me have a look at Shiki. Let's go on. Let's go on Amazon. I've not I've not heard of Shiki. Complete series. Seventy six pound eighty two for the Blu-ray. No. <laughs> Oh yeah, better better keep my better keep an eye on the show just in case there's any more uh any more suggestions. I'll have a look for Shiki on Amazon, because Amazon's quite quite a a horror collection. I keep hearing about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but to my knowledge it's not a horror series. It looks mental. But I did watch episode one recently of um Cowboy Bebop, not the live action, but the anime, and I actually quite enjoyed that. I was, I, I was very surprised. I didn't think it'd be my sort of thing. Okay, so they've got the other key. They have unlocked the urn, and it looks as though Biggie's soul, Biggie's soul has returned to him. Uh, Vampire Hunter D is its own thing. Predates Helsing, right? Okay, I, I don't remember much about it, but I guess. I guess maybe the art style or just the vampire element had me kind of confused mixing the two together. Okay, so they're going to face their fear. Right, let's face Xavier's fear because we haven't really focused on Xavier. So three, two, one, face Xavier's fear. Let's see what this is. Well, this will be the Buried Alive, won't it? Because we got the, the preview of their fears. No, JoJo's not horror. No, it did it did look like 
over-the-top anime, which I don't really think is my thing. I've been very interested. Um, but again, anime is one of those things where there's when there's multiple different series and films, it can be very difficult for, you know, a novice like me. I am an anime novice. Just find the correct my phone position uh, to jump in. Um, I, I was interested in starting to watch. Okay, join Undertaker or stay loyal. Let's stay loyal. We got to stay loyal to our brothers. Three, two, one. Stay loyal. Um. Yeah, you never never betray your friends. Friends are all you got. Um, I I really wanted to start Neon Genesis Evangelion because there's I think most of that is on UK Netflix, but it just reading up on it it just sounds very convoluted, which probably is just me being poor, not really wanting to pay too much attention, but. But yeah, I will have a look for, oh god, be prepared for a total mind crash if you watch that. See, that's what puts me off, Mal. I, the concept sounds really interesting, but when I've tried to sort of read up on it to kind of get a gist of it, it just, it sounds crazy. And then you see that there's a, there's a TV series, but then there's like a TV film, which is an alternate version of the series and uh, it just it yeah things like that i just think oh, keep it simple for me and i think that's the same with something like um is it full metal alchemist and full metal alchemist brotherhood like it's one if i'm right in saying this one isn't a sequel to the other it's a different version of it things like that where i just it puts me off wanting to start it but yeah, Helsing, I will uh, I will check out because I mean I love horror vampires, sparkly vampires, no, but horror vampires like Thirty Days of Night and the classics Nosferatu. That's my jam. Okay, here we go. Undertaker versus the New Day. The question here is: He does he have a wig on? Because that hair doesn't really look. I mean, I know he's shaved it off and grown it back before, but... Okay, shall we say... Biggie attack, Xavier charge, Kofi kick. Let's go Kofi kick. Three, two, one, Kofi kick. Ooh, Jinji Ito's work is pure horror anime. So is that... Is that like a a show? Or is that like his... Um, I don't want to say comics, uh, like manga or whatever. I think I did read one of his stories, potentially, if I've got the right guy, um, about these holes that were appearing in a mountainside and people were walking into them and they never came out. But if someone came out, their body had contorted to the shape of the hole as it went thinner and it just sounded like nightmare fuel. Our Brotherhood is good. It follows the manga worth watch. Ignore the first series. Okay, so maybe maybe Brotherhood would be my first one to watch, and along with Helsing, I'll uh, I'll give him a start after the show. Okay, so Undertaker seems to be taking taking the whole new day. Ooh, some sparks from that punch. God damn, he's going to take a sledgehammer to Big E. 
I'll save you with the win. Oh, my goodness. Now, I don't mean to be disparaging because I do, I do love the wrestling, but WWE turn a multi-million, billion or whatever dollar profit. You, you'd think they could invest some money in the, uh, the punch effects, maybe. Uh, I think everyone must have tried that at school at some point. The uh, the rolling their eyes into the back of the head. I think I could do it, but my eyes aren't very big, so you can't really tell. I won't try and do it now on stream. I'll just embarrass myself. But he's th oh, he's throwing lightning. The Undertaker is now levitating in the air and shooting lightning bolts out of his hands. He's gone full Sith. He has gone Emperor Palpatine. I'm pretty sure I got the Star Wars reference right there. I'm not I'm not big into into that. Uh, the Junji Ito collection is a series of anime shorts based on his stories. I'm gonna have to check that out. If I have heard that his stories are disturbing. Oh no, it's gonna take their souls. Have I lost? Have I just? Have we just lost the uh, Escape the Undertaker? Oh, here we go, Kofi. God damn, that's gonna hurt. Steel drum lid on the back. Straight to the head. Well, well done, Kofi. Oh, they thought the Undertaker may be dead, but is uh, he's done the old sit up as he stood up now. Two hand choke. Oh, he's going to destroy the urn. Oh, this is going to be a decision. I'm going to go evil. It's horror. We're going to grab the urn. We're not going to destroy it. So grab the urn in three, two, one. Grab the urn. It'll be too easy to... It'll be too easy to destroy it. Let's go for a horror ending. Oh, no. Okay. Oh. I guess this is basic kids, so it can't be too, uh, it can't be too hor horrific, uh, you can't get a downbeat ending, I guess. So they may not have destroyed the urn, but they appear to have escaped the Undertaker. And now we've got, uh, there's his hat on the floor. Oh, and he's sat up, surrounded by the smoke. It was brave, yes. Thank you. Do we want to just start over or destroy the urn? We're not starting over. I've got work in the morning. So we'll destroy the urn in three, two, one. Destroy urn. Oh, it's taking us back here. So basically, <laughs> so basically you have to, you have to finish it properly. 
It's got that bottle of whatever the hell it was. Okay, well th that's better effects there. That's better effects than the punch, the punch lightning. It's a mixed bag of effects, but. I guess it's got to be commended that they've done a uh, some interactive film with the characters as they appear in the in the weekly programming, and there's some cool moments. Isaac Yankum DDS being a nice little Easter egg, but it appears the new day have vanquished the Undertaker. He says as a question mark as there's a coffin. With an open, uh, well, an open casket, I should say. What is the difference between a coffin and a casket? Answers on the back of a postcard, I don't know. Okay, cof oh, okay, they're all in one coffin. Man, that's got to have been a cosy coffin. Not exactly going to have much room for one person uh, in a casket. Caskets open in half. Oh, is that, is that all it is? Okay, the pats on the back. Oh, it's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> There you go, that's that's the name of our group. I wonder where this was filmed, because this area looks like insane. Huge mansion. Uh face your fears or rest in oh, rest in peace, I guess that means we're finished. So rest in peace on three, two, one. Rest in peace. Does that mean we're finished now? I guess face your fears would have sent us back. Oh, condescending slow clap from Mark Calloway. Come on, man. Oh, thank you. We've we've passed. Oh, I don't want to start over. <laughs> okay. He's taking his hat off to us. Let's click end credits. Exit to credits. There we go. Oh, and it's an advert for The Adam Project, which is a terrible title for a film. We can close that now. Well, no idea, just a guess, but they open and coffins don't. Okay, so we don't know yet what the uh, the, the final story on uh difference between coffins and caskets, but that's that's where this podcast has gone. Um, so I guess final call out before we move on to the, uh, the last little part of the show. Um, the Ritual or My Heart is a Chainsaw. I don't have a preference on either. They both sound quite interesting. Uh, just in terms of the likely time that it'll take me to read them. Oh, bloody hell. My Heart is a Chainsaw doesn't even have like a an ending part. It just goes, the, the last page of the novel is the last page. You know, normally at the end you get like acknowledgements and blah, blah, blah. No, this this goes all the way from first page to last. Um, So My Heart is a Chainsaw is 448 pages, which is all right it's about a standard novel and uh the ritual 
which does have a an excerpt from a from a following novel. Uh, it's four hundred and eighteen, so there's not really much in it. It's like what thirty eight pages, thirty pages. So Fran McCannon is saying the ritual. Uh, Crimson Mail said flip a coin to decide that to decide that is. Um, I I have coins in my room, but you, you know what we'll do. I've used it before with friends to decide on what film to watch. Um, is it like flip a coin generator? I think it's like a number generator you can do, but we've got just flip a coin. Okay. So I guess if I click it, it gives me heads or tails. So the ritual is heads. My heart is a chainsaw is tails. Let's do it. Heads. So that's the ritual. There we have it. We will be reading in the next few weeks. Um, I think we'll probably do this next week. We'll do another Books of Blood uh, in the book club. But in the next two to three weeks, we'll be doing a deep dive discussion on the ritual. Um, do you know what? Do you know what? In case you want to you wanna read it along and discuss your points as well, and maybe if you have an interest in discussing the book or future books, uh, I can set up a... Uh, currently, I use Skype, but I probably really should set up to use Zoom. We could probably have um, have uh, have guests on to discuss the book as part of the book club. Uh, but currently, the rich... Oh, God, I can't spell for toffee. Uh, novel. Um... Oh, right, I'm very confused there. So it's not come up with the... Wait a minute, the ritual books. Okay, so the Kindle edition is four ninety nine. It's available on Audible, uh, or the paperback is uh, £8.19. It is written by Adam Neville, uh, the only one that I can see on Amazon. Uh, £8.19 as well has the artwork from the film. Um, I mean, the book's the book's the book. But we'll read that in the next two to three weeks. Just bought a copy um, off eBay. Excellent. Nicely done, Fran the Cannon. Um, if you want to come on to discuss it in like two, three weeks' time, I'll aim to finish it by that point. I may I may in two weeks' time say mm, we're gonna we're gonna be a couple more weeks. But I'm gonna aim for that. Um we'll we'll do that on the book club. And I think next week, uh, for the book club, as part of the short stories to kind of bridge the gap, we will look at the forbidden. From Books of Blood by Clive Barker, which is the uh uh <laughs> Carrie's cool. Free, feel free to record yourself reading it out loud for me. Won't have time to read. <laughs> uh use an audible credit. Use an audible credit if you've got audible. Um I I did wonder about doing like readings, but I don't know if there's any sort of copyright things. And also, I mean, some audio books take like nine hours or whatever i mean i've got the fellowship of the ring being read by andy circus and that's 23 hours so that's probably not conducive for a you know one to a two hour uh, weekly podcast but we'll discuss the book um so we're gonna we'll look at the forbidden for next week from clive barker books of blood uh and then a couple of weeks later we'll do the ritual and maybe after do that after that we'll do my heart's a chainsaw or if i've already started reading it um Funland by author's name i have already forgotten because i'm not very familiar with him richard layman 
let's just have a look what other books she does. Is he still, is he a current author? Or is he more of a still writing? Oh, goodness. Um, clicking on his name on, on Amazon isn't bringing up much, so I'll have to do some do some looking into into him. Uh, Carrie's Call says, used it on Encanto last night, but I'll find one to return. Isn't Encanto a Disney film? Don't know. Don't know. Um, right, to end the show. So, obviously, we have Retro Chat with Andy tomorrow at 7pm. Uh, I believe he's going to be talking about uh, a vampire show was released after he died, so he's deceased. Yeah, I'll have a look into him, Fran. Um, like I've uh, like I've said, um, yes, for the child. Carrie says, okay, cool. Um, as I said, uh, I don't know too much about him. I read mainly Stephen King, but I'm always looking for other authors to catch my eye. There's a guy who does. Oh my god, I've already forgotten his name. He did the Crucifix Killer. He does. He's, he's one of those authors that has like horror thriller book series, uh, lots of books focused on one sort of detective. He's pretty good, but I can't for the life of me think of his name. I, I picked up one one of his books a little while ago, but I know that book one or book two is called The Crucifix Killer, and that was pretty decent. I did, I did enjoy that. Uh, I want to say Lee Child, but it's not Lee Child. That's the guy that did Jack Reacher. Um, but anyway, I digress. Retro chat tomorrow with Andy Evans. Um, I know he's going to be part of the show looking at the career of uh, of Scott Hall, so I'll definitely be listening to uh, that. Chris Carter, yes. Thank you, Fran the Cannon. Thank you. I don't know how long Chris Carter's been an author. I'm fairly new to, to new to his style, but um, yeah, I've, I've got the audiobook for the second in his series, or maybe I've read the second. I'm not sure. I know he's done a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, one detective type stories, uh, but yeah, Chris Fixkill is pretty cool. Um, so that is Wednesday, and then obviously on Sunday is the uh, Ministry of Slam show with Lee and Lawrence. I believe Lee will probably do some gaming uh, in the week. Uh, and in regards to this show, next week, oh, the next two weeks are going to be pretty damn cool. So next week I will be joined by Crimson Mel, and we are going to be looking at a selection of paranormal horror films and how that would look and how that would uh, work in in everyday real life, Uh, the parallels between what we see as the supernatural in film, in in particular uh, stories, and uh, the relationship with the real world kind kind of version of events. That's going to be really interesting. I'm looking forward to that. We've got a few films uh, to discuss. Um, So that is next week, Ministry of Horror, Tuesday, 8 p.m. And then the following week, I will be joined by Retro Chat host, fellow uh, MOS Network um, showrunner um, of his show, The Retro Chat, Andy Evans. And we will finally be discussing the show, The X-Files, and in particular, one episode, which we've mentioned a few times on this show in the past, but we are now getting to it. That is the episode from Season 4, Episode 2, I believe. I never want to say definitively because my memory is terrible. Home. Uh, Think Wrong Turn. Think Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Think, I mean, maybe not Deliverance, but 
you get the idea. Uh, it's a great episode. Andy hasn't seen it. It's going to be new for him, but he is a font of knowledge when it comes to uh, retro TV and film. So I'm very interested to hear his uh, his views on the show, The X-Files, uh, as it is. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I'll obviously talk about my X-Files origin story, and we'll go into the show. So yeah, next week, Crimson Mal, Paranormal, uh, Paranormal Discussions. And the following week, we will have uh, Andy from the Retro Chat. So once again, us at Crimson Mal. Such a freaky episode. It was banned from tele television. I'll just say now, I mean, two weeks' time we'll be getting into the episode in particular, but I got into the X-Files because I'd seen a couple of episodes on TV. I think the first episode was The Freak Show from season two. I saw it on holiday with my sister when we were kids, and I think we were staying at a caravan uh, at like a kind of a, a knockoff Butlins, um, which in the UK kind of like a holiday park. Um, we, my parents put it on the TV, and it's the very start of the episode. I think the episode might just be a freak show, but it's got a guy that's got like kind of mermaid disease uh, getting killed and eaten in the swimming pool. Uh, that scared the crap out of me. And anyway, in the small town that I grew up in, there was a shop called the Sci-Fi Warehouse. It wasn't a warehouse. It was a very small store. But it was independent shops like that where you get a glimpse into uh, cult um, shows, Beavis and Butthead. They had card collections in there. And they had box sets of things like Battlestar Galactica, like the original things. I, I never really was into that sort of side of the sci-fi. But they had the X-Files VHS box, VHS box sets for like £8, £5, like, you know, really quite cheap. And... Uh, uh, my sister says she's got no memory of that. Well, that's not charming. Um, and I remember picking up uh, series four, season four and season two on a VHS and getting to the second episode of season four, which was Home. And just, I mean, the opening, the opening five minutes of the episode is some of, at that time, probably the scariest TV around. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, especially with today's era where you've got The Walking Dead when it was good, um, having just, you know, zombies tearing people to shreds. It wasn't visual on screen. There wasn't gore in the episode from memory, but it's what you heard and what you knew what was happening. And that was what was scary. So that is two weeks time. And uh, yeah, Crimson Mail, can't wait to join live. Yeah, likewise, really looking forward to having um, having Mel on the show. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. So yeah, Mel, I'll um I'll chat to you in the week on uh, on Discord. Um, we've got the episode, we've got the film uh list of suggestions. So I'll I'll pull together some uh some media for the uh for the stream. But that's going to be a really cool show. We've got some great uh, great shows coming up. My sister, uh, in a few weeks, we're going to confirm a confirm a date uh, a bit later on. We're going to look at. We'll confirm the films separately, so I won't confirm them just now. But we're going to be looking at horrors that are based on based on true stories, and look at the the case file. So what actually happened, or what reportedly happened, and how it was represented in the film. We'll do that on a couple of films, uh, but that's going to be pretty cool. And uh, also to to be confirmed, uh, my good friend, musician, and actor Dean Jovi. We're going to be coming on to do a tier list. We haven't done one of those in a, in a little while. Um, and uh, it's going to be the 
Friday the 13th, and Halloween franchises. Which franchise overall has had the better films? Um, I've got some that I love of both franchises, and I've got some that I don't care for for both franchises. Dean's going to have his own opinions, uh, so we're going to get that locked in. So we've got, you know, the next two shows locked in are going to be really cool, and we've got some uh, some dates to be confirmed shows uh, also in the pipeline. But anyway, I've taken up enough of your time, ghouls and fiends. Thank you once again for joining me for the Ministry of Horror. Be sure to uh, like, follow, subscribe, the MOS Network on whatever platform you are watching or listening to this on. Ministry of Horror is on Twitter, Ministry underscore Horror. We're on Discord, Ministry dash of dash Horror. Facebook page, Ministry of Horror. We don't have an Instagram account yet. I keep meaning to do one. <laughs> um, but what would I put on there? I don't know. Just pictures of my dog, probably. Um, but that's all the uh, the general socials and obviously the uh, MOS network. So thank you once again and good night. <laughs>